since he was 14. And always been doing psychedelics, mushrooms, you know. Anything that was on the menu. He's on the search for one place that you'll never find. Working together to try to keep it under control. But agencies, scientists, and citizens are working together to try to keep it under control. Hey everyone, this is DJ Blake, and these next two artists are mastering their visions into reality. From designing brands, starting a label, and making connections with individuals such as Code of the Friend, and more. Let's take a dive into our world. Carter and Ellis Wilson. Welcome back everyone, this is DJ Blake, keeping you up to date with all the hottest hip-hop news and sneaker talk. And today I'm here with the one and only Carter Wilson. So Carter... I'm I'm psyched that you're here. Honestly, one of my favorite artists is actually Code of the Friend. So when I found out that you're opening for him, I was psyched. Like, how did you even get that connection like that? Honestly, it was like a couple of days before, wow. and the promoter hit us up and was like, "Yo, man, so this is it. Like, you know, if you wanna, can you perform on Thursday?" I was like, "You know, yeah." Wow. Did have you? Did you know Coda before all this though? Or and we met Coda for the first time at the show. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. It just like it was some just weird coincidence. Like he just knew, or his people like knew the promoter, and they, you know, he just hit me up, and then wow, yeah, so kind of wild, but it was yeah, tight. So that's it, yeah. that's a great opportunity. Like we really love what Coda's message is all about, you know. And even if you don't know Coda that well, just to, the opportunity to be around him like that is crazy. Yeah, honestly, because what uh, something that that he told me about not Coda, but his I guess his people. He was saying that, but really made him stand out to them was that he does everything himself kind of yeah. what we're talking about just like that do-it-yourself aspect so that's something that's like it does work and you can yeah. get to the the big stage by doing it in-house mm-hmm. and really maintaining your creative control so are, it's tight are you focused on being more of like an independent artist then or would you want to be signed to a label or what are your dreams and goals in that aspect i mean nowadays you, we have access to everything whether it's you want to learn how to how to do you know video editing you want to learn how to you know, how the actual label works. You don't have to actually get signed. Also, like, just to come in, I'm Carter's brother. Basically, we already have our own label, too. So that label, like, our goal as far as um, getting connections would be getting, like, a distribution deal through our label to then get, you know, more visibility for the stuff that we do. So it's kind of along those lines. We don't really have any intention of being actually... um, fully signed gotcha. to a label, whatever yeah. the language is, because we don't want to give Just up. have a label to back you up, at least. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. we don't have access to certain uh, channels right. where, you know, you're going to get all the visibility, but... I think yeah. that's cool that, like, it's three of you guys, right? Mm-hmm. There's only two of you guys here today, but... Yeah. yeah. So you guys all bring, like, a different aspect to the table, right? So Carter is more of, like, the... You write and rap, right? Mm-hmm. And then your brother Ellis is more of the... Well, I make music, too, and then, um, we, uh, like, basically we all mix and record our own music, and then we, um... I'd say we each do every single thing that needs to be done in the label, so we kind of don't really delegate different tasks to each other. We just kind of all work together on what gotcha. needs to get done. And then, um, and since we're all brothers, that communication's there, so there's no, like, those weird work relations where you right. have to, like, balance certain things. So it kind of all just runs smoothly. And then, um, like, for example, our little brother, he uh, shot the video for a single off his album, 
Yeah, we just and sat then, in my room the night before. Like, yeah. you drew up this little storyboard. And yeah, then I shot, I yeah. shot B roll and all that stuff. And then, um, and then, any other, if we went to do another video, it might be Carter shooting my video gotcha. and I'm doing so something like that. So but, you guys all know how to do everything, which yeah, is exactly. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's yeah. chasing the. Yeah, keeping it home and close to heart. Yeah, that's great. It's great where all the creativity just comes together and flows, and then that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And we yeah. can bring each other along, too. Like, right. I started kind of recording. Perry's 19, so it's uh, now he's kind of taking that step of, like, really doing it even more, and we're all here because we've done it, so it's like, okay, yeah, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. Then he tells us new things in his own interpretation right. as he's learning, so it's a constant kind of process. So are you guys more or less like a group but you are all your individuals at the same time a group in the sense that we're brothers you right. know so we do like we've been you know that's like the main yeah, constants like, but we are individual the, artists yeah, i think the best way to to picture it is the label is like our sandbox and then within that sandbox we, we have the creative freedom to do whatever we want essentially so we created right. our infrastructure our, our infrastructure deliberately to create that kind of context so that there's never um anything holding us back creatively so like if Perry wanted to or if Carter wanted to, they could start making sculptures right. or something like that. And then we have that the vehicle ready right. to, to present that in a way where it needs to be presented. So it's kind of the ideal creative situation, I feel like. It's like our little our little factory, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like how you guys yeah. all stand out there. Like Carter's got the blonde hair. You got the shit. I have blonde hair before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. your other brother has like the Afro type thing going on. Yeah, yeah. What's the yeah. age difference between all you guys? So I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 23. 23, Perry's 19. So you guys are all in the same generation, basically, but do you Mm -hmm. guys think you all have different viewpoints on things at the same time? Definitely. Perry's born in 2000. Right. Yes. So it's like, (laughs) honestly, it's it's cool because he's, he's, it's like a fresher perspective. So the social media part of it is like, he really grew up with it. We can remember a time before social media. Mm -hmm. Um, He's more in it. So that's helpful as far as us kind of, Knowing and learning to speak the language right. and and really understanding how the how it works for that age group, but it's, you know we're still close in age, so it right. is kind of the same generation. What are your opinions on like social media and Instagram? Because like we've talked to like this other guy we just talked to the other day, he has like a business social media, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll have, like seven he has like seven thousand followers, but only gets like forty likes. Yeah. That <laughs> so, low but do you, do you think that? I guess Instagram is important, but what are your guys' opinion on it? Like, you seem like you're already on the right track and everything, but it's not like you have, like, 20,000 followers. Do you mm-hmm. think... What, what, yeah, mean, what is your opinion on that? You want me to speak mm-hmm. on it? So here, here's what I think. is I, As far as the marketing goes and our whole uh, social media promotion, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. How I see social media is... Um, are you guys familiar with Gary Vee at all? He's, like, an entrepreneur, speaker, yeah, personality. Yeah, well, I was watching a lot of his stuff for the past month or so. And it kind of changed my approach to thinking about all this in terms of social media. It's more, if you see it as pipes, then it's all about what are you loading into those pipes. So a lot of people will demonize social media and they'll pigeonhole social media. But I think social media just exposes people's behaviors that they already have in the first place. So it's like, if you're always projecting selfish content, you're not going to get very far because um, like people scrolling, nobody wants to, nobody wants to really see that. So it's like, I found a lot of the times on social media, people post four likes and four vanity metrics and short-term metrics, and in doing that, they might get a return, or that ROI and that and that marketing strategy might be um, it's just all going to be short-term. So right. if you're playing that long game, then you got to post from a selfless selfless place where you're really trying to contribute value. So we try to like really um, just get into the mind of the p- person scrolling, right. which sounds obvious, but really have like empathy for them on the other end and see like what do they actually want to see that's going to be valuable. Like if you're um say you're a rapper, instead of posting your songs all the time, why don't you create a podcast or create a uh, 
some type of show where you're showing that the the grind of being a rapper because right. then then people can actually relate to that they can see your different strategies your different pointers if you want to say exactly. Here, yeah. here's five steps to really if you want to mix your music step one step two step three like stuff like that because that's going to be more valuable than saying <laughs> listen to my song because right. nobody for the artists on the come up who haven't who don't yeah. have that established fan base yet mm. it's like what are you actually contributing to the grand scheme besides your song that you may think is it may even be a dope song but like what else are you doing? And then, like, and then the thesis behind it is if you can, like, the, the whole problem with social media is that it uh, turns everybody into a spectator. So what you can mm-hmm. do is if you can find a way to transform the spectator into a participant, that's the goal. Because then they identify with what you're doing because they're participating in it instead of looking at it. So I think the strategy to get to that point goes back to that contributing value so they can actually uh, do something with it so they're not... So they're not just watching you. Because gotcha. I feel like when yeah. people are watching you, that, that multiplies the alienation between your fan base and you, between your audience and you. Like you want the... feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, like yeah. if you're performing on stage, as soon as you step off the stage and you're performing amongst the people, that changes the game. Yeah, I like then, Carter stayed on the stage for at least 10 minutes yeah. after he performed just to talk to people yeah. and chop it up. That was yeah, just, I would have stayed longer too. It's just I like, know those guys are like... Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know, I've been to shows. Lil Debbie does this at every show. Like I, 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 went, I did photo at one of her shows recently and she... Uh, after the show, she like went. She had a whole like hour long meet and greet with right. everybody. She just said, "I'll be in the back. Like, come over and talk to me." And, mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's big. There's rappers that are not even on Lil Debbie level, and they they don't they act like they, they can't can talk to that. anybody. It's like yeah. I don't see how that's really conducive to to solidifying relationship right. with the actual people that are gonna be your constituency. Well, that's the thing. It you shows know, like, it shows the motivations behind the artist. Like if the artist isn't trying to connect with the audience on a personal level, then they're in it for uh you know, reasons that are different than like the only reason you should be really in it is if you're trying to enrich the community or enrich right, the exactly. audience. And if you're not doing that then one you're only gonna get very far, but two, you're not gonna be connecting with them. You're not gonna be staying after the show to talk to them. You're not gonna be doing X, Y, and Z that you'd expect somebody who's trying to connect would want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can totally that's how we gauge who we want to work with and who we want to have FaceTime with based on like their uh, behavior patterns with their interaction with everybody else, which yeah, sounds yeah. like everybody probably does that. But we really we really put that underneath that context of social media marketing. So I feel like it's just so, it's super important. You know, it's like I think it's weird that fans try to hold artists and celebrities to a higher level than them. They're just people mm-hmm. who worked hard and are successful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What is the vibe and like aspects you guys are trying to portray? Like in your music video, like the one on Instagram Live. Where, like everything is in reverse. Like, what is your aspect, like aesthetic and all that? When we went to go shoot that, it kind of like we had the storyboard, but the reverse part of it wasn't even. We didn't even think about doing that until uh, we just literally hit like right. reverse on it during the edit <laughs> yeah. process. And it, I don't know, it's a testament to just being fluid in as far as executing whatever the vision right. is. So in that case, we were, we were like, okay, we're gonna shoot this spring classic video. We didn't want to keep it in one specific kind of like, right. you know, step eight of, you know, because there's so many videos that are just the rapper rapping in the video. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it can be cool, and it's, but it's been done before. Yeah, exactly. mm. So that's part of the situation, like trying to make something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, novelty at all at all times. Like what, you know, what's, what, what's the freshest way we can present this given the tools we have? Like, yeah. that was no budget involved. Exactly. You know? Mm. I think society is really looking for, like, unique people, and unique people stand out, stand out really fast nowadays because of yeah. like, social media and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone's trying to be, like, somebody else. They're not trying to be themselves mm-hmm. and be a little more unique, you know, and spread that own, give the community their own little piece of love and their own perspective on how they see things. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to grab hold of what is already there and 
just kind of ride along with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of stigma that goes in with that too. Like you see that in artists, you see that with people, like SoundCloud artists, then you get that bad stigma, like, oh, you're a SoundCloud artist, then they think that you're just not really taking stuff well, very seriously. Well, you probably a SoundCloud rapper, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. SoundCloud not rapper, even not even an artist. artist. Yeah, not even yeah. an artist, just like yeah. a SoundCloud rapper, and then you just get that stigma, and then if you try to promote your stuff through that platform, which is a really great platform, but a lot of people just won't take you seriously, but that's what separates you, but, because people, if you, they sit down and listen to your stuff, and they listen to what you're talking about, then they're gonna understand and get it, and they're gonna wanna help you out down yeah. the road. Mm. And the more the more you can the more you that you can be as an artist, then that's how you're gonna that's the separation between different like products at the store. Like yeah. there's tons of different cereal brands, you know what I'm saying? Mm, but mm. like what makes Lucky Charms different from Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Captain Crunch or Apple Jacks? Like there's you have to bring you to the table. Right. And then as like you said a second ago, like all the things that you're trying to be, like cut all that out and then what you're gonna left like, with that's like, you. so powerful. Yeah, but you yeah. and love yourself and if people don't love you back then that's just too bad, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> even if you're garbage, if you're being yourself, what can somebody really say? They can just be mm-hmm. like, you know, they may not like that specific taste, mm-hmm. but they can really identify with the fact that you are being as authentic as you can be in your yeah. expression, which is... Well, also, like, I think as long as you're leveraging your unique qualities, that's the only way you're going to get your, your niche that's particular oh, yeah. to what you do. Because otherwise, you know, you got like 50 rappers or 50 artists, they all sound the same. To the point where it's like there you can just copy and paste yeah. and it's like as soon as you're a copy and paste artist you've lost because you're you you know you're disposable but the sad thing yeah. is they might be a copy and paste artist but they might actually have like a personality but you can't see yeah. that kind of yeah. kind of image i think mm-hmm. personality is huge you get too far in the workplace yeah. and everything like that what i think is interesting is so you guys already have like a brand like clothing line mm-hmm. that's crazy how did that start um it's a long story Here's the I thing. Mean, <laughs> we always even when we were young like we've always I don't want to say had aspirations to to like make oh, a clothing good. line, yeah, but yeah. it's more like we wanted to have dope clothes. Like, well, you know, there's there's layers to it. It's like yeah. our our whole intention in the very beginning was we want to create our own world. Like basically to just give some context to that, we've moved growing up. We've moved like 25 plus times. So in that uh, life of just always moving, you get to a point where you want to. I should say the world of everyday life becomes pretty uh, trivial to you. So you want to create your own world because you feel like you don't belong in any one context because you're always switching in between contexts. Right. So in doing that, that how that manifests itself is that we got the clothing brand, the music, uh, paintings, uh, you know, philosophy, text, like every single aspect that that's going to comprise what a new world looks like. We want to do that. So that's what the label is really. And then the clothing brand is kind of just a uh, a reflection of that. Because I mean, if you're in your own world. And you got to ask, what are people wearing in that world? Right. You know, like, what's the costumes that's going to, you know, if life, if society is a theater and everybody's on stage, what are those costumes? And a lot of people don't really think about that. So they, that's why a lot of people kind of look the same because they're all wearing the same yeah. costumes. Cause they're, all, they're all part of that same, yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. that same world. Or it's a you know? show and image that makes people pay attention to you. Like Travis Scott, he probably doesn't always want to wear chains and like yeah. the grills, but like, that's what people are paying attention to. And that's what yeah, that's Travis to. Scott. Yeah, you know, exactly. Comes, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, taking control of how you present yourself to the world and then in doing that you know you can kind of have you guys heard of a it's like a science called semiotics just this is it's the study of signs and symbols and we really we pay a lot of attention to that because if you can manipulate that science of uh, how signs and symbols impact your perception of reality then you can you have a lot of leverage in how uh, how you navigate what we call reality so right. to speak because it's all it's all just symbolic interaction it's all a you know, Carter Wilson, Ellis Wilson, like all these things are just symbols that we relate mm-hmm. through. So it's all about exercising the malleability of how we, how we do that. Exactly. And um, yeah. 
where did you guys grow up? Did you grow up in Brooklyn or did you just move Not, to Brooklyn? So we, well, we, we were born in Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, right. yeah. And then we, and then after that, we really just been moving around like a lot. So I mean, we lived in Georgia for a year. We lived in Virginia um, Beach for a year. Yeah, Virginia, Virginia Beach. Uh, Santa Rosa for a couple years. This little town up north of Oakland. Um, we spent some time in childhood living at the base of a this mountain called Mount Diablo which is like 55 minutes outside of Oakland. So that was an interesting experience because yeah. it was really like as little kids, we just got to explore the mountains, Mountain you know? Man. Yeah, so that kind of influences a lot of our uh, orientation to life to this day. So do but, you, I, you guys probably don't even regret moving around. Do you guys regret moving around so much or do you think it like help you build you as a person? I should it, say- It does build as a person, but yeah, there's like, like certain things that I just, we cannot relate to right. as far as like- <laughs> Childhood friends. Yeah, childhood friends, friends is not hard to- <laughs> Yeah. Um, also just like- when you imagine entering a small town, but you didn't grow up in the small town, that's uh, kind of what it's always like. Uh, that makes sense. And so, mm-hmm. it's like you know, I went to. I I can see people that be like with their friends from middle school, you know, yeah. to this day. But it's like, not that's cool. I, I think the we have each other though. That's important. Exactly. That's why it's, it's kind of helps. Like the fact that it's just the three of us doing all of this, mm-hmm. and it's um, you know, our bonds even tighter because there's not a lot of like. I guess other people plus I think uh, one of the main advantages is that when you move around so many different contexts the way you're um, able to code switch between different languages you really master that tool you can really like if we're living in the south if we're living in you know a small town like Olympia or or if we're back in Oakland there's all those different codes of language you have to switch in between which um I feel like there's two kinds of people there's people that can't do that and people that can do that yeah. and the people that can do that they're gonna, they can speak your language and then you can't speak their language because they can speak all these different, it's like a whole, it's just that linguistic advantage, I think. And are, you, are you talking which, about like perception with that and the way people express themselves All of it, like the whole, yeah, yeah. like the whole thing, like if I'm a, you know, on some street in Oakland, there's a certain way I have to dress, a certain way yeah, I have to talk, yeah, definitely, definitely. you know, a certain way I have to look. Yeah, a certain kind of street. eye contact you have to make, but yeah. or not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in Olympia, like we were just in Olympia for a year back in 2018, it's a whole different yeah, that's what we want to get into also. Yeah. So, you guys live in Tacoma now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now, yeah. What made what made you guys come out to Olympia and Tacoma? Mainly um Olympia was just school cuz we were um I was going to Evergreen gotcha. for like a year and oh. then Carter we were we were sharing this apartment so he was um working a lot of a lot of jobs. Right. And then um yeah, so mainly school yeah, cuz I mean a grind year though too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just we've been trying to balance school and art like how much Yeah, exactly. That's I don't know, we want to have a a harness but at the same time, you know, the more energy you distribute, and the more energy you don't distribute into the art, I mean, you're not going to go very far. So it's kind of, that's been a frustration, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, like but, being in class and you're, you know, working on the website or you're, you know, yeah, right. designing something, researching listening something Listening to else. the latest mix. Yeah. Something. So having that kind of juggle process has always, even when I was in high school, like it's always been like that. And I mean, I've always said it's it's going to be a great, I'm, I'm looking forward to the situation where I can only focus on right. art. I mean, business is important too, but like, where it's just like business and art, not business, art, school, yeah. going to work at right. some random place. That's part of the stuff. story. It's that's, part of that grind. That's why I like, work here at 92.5 because I want to be in radio and I'm taking every step I can to be part of radio. Because mm. I don't feel like if you're working at McDonald's but you want to be a rapper, you're not going to learn how to be a rapper or like <laughs> yeah, an exactly. artist or a radio host at McDonald's, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And it connects you to the community even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's cool when I like I like seeing when people are like I want to do this, so 
here I am doing it. And that's like, that's the biggest step because a lot of people talk about wanting right. to do stuff. See, that's what like, we're talking about. We need people that follow, are going to follow through with what mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. That's that for all connections. Yeah. Continuous. Yeah. And it's contagious. Like, if you're in a room full of passionate people, if you don't leave that room, like, all right, let's get to it, like, right, right now, then, then you know, mm-hmm. you're missing. So, what is your take on, like, the Seattle culture, you know? Because moving around so much, now you're here, like, do you feel like you're getting a lot of help from other artists or the music scene? What, like, everything. What is, what's I mean, your whole take on this? As far as the Seattle scene goes, so basically, back in 2015, me and Carter both went to Cornish College of the Arts. Oh, yeah, I know that. And, um, yeah, so we were there, and while we were there, we tried to branch out into the downtown Capitol Hill area, trying to see what's up with the underground local art scene. Mm-hmm. And um, what I noticed is that, one, just compared to the Bay Area, the the social climate is super... Um, I don't want to say clickish, but it's like it's clickish. But it's, but it's you're so getting clickish, it. You're getting you know it. You're saying? literally getting. This is what our whole podcast is about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like it's super clickish, because I don't want to. There's positives to the Seattle scene too, but because I don't want to over overemphasize on these negative attributes. But I just feel like a lot of artists. You'll have an artist who has like a thousand followers, and then that artist will think that they're the shit. Yeah, on some pedestal. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like a thousand followers isn't shit. That's like but nobody we're all has on the heard same of you outside. That's of what you. I'm saying. So yeah, it's so, like. It, we can well, all win simultaneously. Yeah, so everybody why, talks about like putting like, Seattle on the map and like all the PNW. Yet they're not. Nobody wants to. No one's to connecting with each other. Actually, yeah, yeah like that's it's, it's so it can't just be with your friends or with the people that you know because there's there's uh okay. Remember when all those lists were coming out a few weeks ago? <laughs> oh my god! Now there are so many lists that came out and they're completely different lists. Yeah. And that is a, that is an indicator that there's people that just have no idea mm-hmm. about what's going on in this part of the city, exactly, or this mm-hmm. part of the city. And it's like, bruh, if y'all just maybe got to have some kind of a rapper council, like, <laughs> like Pirates of the Caribbean, everybody bring their rapper piece to the table and we talk. Like, how can we connect? To this to this day, me and Carter talk about a lot of these artists are from Seattle and from Tacoma. Like, they're they're from here. So we're like, if you've been here for five plus years and there's no organization of artists at this point. And what are people doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's no, like, pre-existing thing where all the artists are already connected, I mean, so I think if, if the goal is to put Seattle on the map or to, you know, get what you're doing to that next level, that's going to take a tremendous amount of organization of everybody being on the same page. Like, people could literally be doing, um, say you got five rappers, five painters, five photographers. If everybody put in $50 into a pool every month you're running out of space right. then you got that space you have real money to work with right. real budget that's what I'm saying and then once you got that space you could do uh, take the space out of it if you have that funding all of a sudden you can do public performances and I don't mean like performing music I mean like like with our brand we have an idea of uh, getting we make these beanbag chairs we want to get these chairs and set up flash seminars in yeah. Seattle like like in the middle mm-hmm. of like like uh, Pike's, mm-hmm. Pike's Place our main struggle has been connecting with people probably. connecting with because a lot of the artists that were around they're all like not all of them, but a lot of them aren't thinking about how can I do something that hasn't been done before in a really, really, really practical, tangible way. Because I mean, in a way, also where it's it's giving, bro. Like simple ways. If you got sixty people or seventy people, got them all to wear orange shirts, blank orange shirts, and everybody just walks mad slow through downtown. Yeah. Mm. Then you film that from like a drone footage. Yeah, people are like, what? The, what's going on? Yeah, people are like, what is that? And, and, then, that and then you add you, you you run ads of that on Instagram, targeting people in the Seattle area, in Tacoma, in this whole area. All of a sudden, you're creating a whole spectacle of a basically improving, right. like improv within mm-hmm. the theater of society. It's like a whole. There's so much power to that that I think just part of the consequence of being right. a rapper is you develop this kind of tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Then you become short-sighted and you right. don't think about all these different other potential 
things, I feel like. Yeah, that's what our podcast is all about, you know, connecting Seattle artists because we, we found a problem. People aren't connecting Seattle. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're literally going all over the place. We were literally in Tacoma last night. I live up in Snohomish, which is mm-hmm. way up north right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lived in uh, Mercer Islands, Snohomish. He lives in Redmond. So my day yesterday consisted of waking up, picking up, picking up him up from Redmond, from Snohomish. Then we went to Factoria, came to the station. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Tukwila. We yeah. made we met with some business, businesses in Tukwila to get their cards. Yeah. Then we went to Tacoma, and then we got back to Redmond at like twelve in the morning. Yeah, that's a lot of it's like a full day, but yeah. it's like yeah. it's progress. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're like, all Instagram. about connecting artists. Like yeah. hottest hip hop news and sneaker talk is the umbrella term. We want to connect people with indie, rock, rap because we lo- the reason why we focus on hip hop is because it's like such a melting pot of a genre, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many different vibes that can come with hip-hop. For Lil Nas X, we got Puya on the heavy metal oh, yeah. side. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, the great melting pot. Yeah. Like, if people didn't really like hip-hop to begin with, they can connect to it because there are artists coming out that have those aspects of other pieces of genres that they bring yeah. to the table See, for hip-hop. Everyone is literally saying no one's connecting with them. Like, there's people, yeah, everyone thinks they're the shit and they're not helping anyone else. Yeah. And the culture. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. That's what we're trying to change. It's a simple thing. Making a podcast is... Overall, it's kind of something you're just talking and recording it. Mm-hmm. And if you want a good pot, if you want to edit, you can edit. But literally, you can just press play, record, and submit it if that's what you want to do. It's simple. There's yeah. extra stuff you can take, but like you can always add yeah. more seasoning to the pot. Mm-hmm. But we're just we're just talking with you guys. That's yeah. all we're doing, and this is connecting, you know. Yeah. And what we do with all our artists, we have this thing where we get a group of artists that we've already connected with, and we have like a kickback, so they can meet with each other and express their ideas and plans. Like, we're all about, like, actually building relationships and connections with all these artists. So That's we what it's hope, all about. We hope we can yeah. build a connection with you guys. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. Because um, there is a lot of money in this area as far as, like, the businesses and stuff. Exactly. And I think as soon as they actually see this real unified force of artists and just creatives in general, people that they'll hire right. to do kind of, not these same artists, but they'll hire, like, graphic designers who have the credentials from UW or whatever that right. are not as creative as some of these artists are that aren't just they aren't plugging in and connecting right so like as soon as we show that we can actually do this it'll be it'll run itself exactly yeah. i like to listen to other people's interviews also so i can see what to ask and what not to ask and the th- big thing for me is though i don't want to interview someone who just came out with a new sing- single or album because that's what everyone does i want to mm. learn about people's personal life and what's actually going on with them who i don't really care if oh what inspired you to make this song yeah you know? yeah, yeah. but the thing about seattle we're not like New York, LA, LA, or Atlanta, where they have like a big radio host like Charlemagne the God, Sway in the Morning, Big Boy, and I would love to be like the next one of those guys just to have a big hotspot in Seattle. No, definitely. Where she's a huge. Yeah. There is a music scene in Seattle, but like people aren't connecting with each other, yeah. and no one's becoming mainstream except like Malcolm Moore and Little Mosey. And I don't. <laughs> I personally don't want those just to be the two people that represent yeah. Seattle as a whole. Cause I mean, they're kind of. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of that music. Macklemore aside, but Lil Mosey, it's just so, it's just one dimensional. It's like exactly. Lil Mosey can't break out that Lil Mosey box and make mm. like a. And people have met, he was a, he's, a, he's a kid, bro. And yeah, he he's like acts like he thinks, he thinks he's the shit. Like he knows yeah. that he has more money than these people. Mm. But because you have more money doesn't mean you're better than them. Yeah, it just means you got access at some point. Yeah, yeah. and what are you doing with that money at the end of the exactly. day? Exactly. Yeah. Or that money's coming from out of town, anyways. Yeah. So mm. it's not that whole that whole local, like the local hometown hero thing is That's not thing. even happening because the money's getting paid from somebody elsewhere. Exactly. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like if people had instead of money being their north star that they're following, 
if that North Star or that guiding principle is making connections, making connections, but for the sake of literally like you could, we could transform society like right now. Right All now. People, <laughs> people are so uh, they just don't understand that society is literally this malleable diorama. It's society is this linguistic thing. And, you know, if you know the alphabet of it, if you know the code of it, you can speak whatever you want into existence. You just got to know how to do it. And a lot of artists, I think they shortchange themselves because yes. they think it's like, Oh, they sell out even. Yeah, like, I'm going to sell, or I'm just a rapper, I'm just a painter, I'm just going to get my paintings into a gallery. It's like, yo, take your whole logic behind painting and apply that to the city as your canvas. Right. Mm-hmm. That's or, why Childish know. Cambino is so influential, because he's yeah. doing all these certain things. Yeah. He's got his shows on Netflix. He's on Lion exactly. King. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's doing every single check in every box. It's every like, box, and that's, yeah. there's no reason, unless he's an alien, there's mm-hmm. no reason why <laughs> other people right. can't, yeah. like, you can check those boxes off too. Yeah. You just gotta apply yourself. And that's how I, I kind of like looking at it as like a modern day renaissance where mm-hmm. people are coming and being the best people that they can be and trying mm-hmm. to express themselves in their most creative and unique ways. Yeah, because we have access. It's 2019, almost 2020. Like, right. there, there's, I'd be hard pressed to find what I can't do on my phone. You know, exactly. whether I can, if I need to get an app, if I need to take, you know, 4K, whatever video, whatever it right. is, like my phone can do it or I can find a free right. app to do it, you know? So I want to know what you guys each personally want to see changed in Seattle. I'll start with you, Carter. One thing I'd want to see changed, if I'm an artist of any kind of, if I have any following, any fan base, and I'm not putting together situations where my fan base can come together and, and do something that's going to be impactful, right. whether it's you know partnering with the local nonprofit or a, or a small business or anything, because you can do anything. If I'm not bringing my people there and creating something, you know, impactful, then I'm, what am I doing? Like, exactly. Am I yeah. having fans just to, like, see the number increase on Instagram? Or am I actually going to do something with it? Right. I think about Lil Mosey. Like, if he, if I'm Lil Mosey and I can go and sell out the showbox, there's no reason I can't show up at to like a beach Boys and Girls Club yeah, or exactly something, like that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, like, change a lot of people's lives. Because right. you can do that if exactly. you have the fans to do it because they'll be behind you. Right. That just comes through, I guess, you got to eventually be open and be wanting to connect and, and really have intention behind what you're doing. Yeah, Ellis, what do you think? I just think um, as far as the Seattle scene goes, and this can probably be applied to any art scene really in the United States, I want to see artists stop thinking of themselves as artists and thinking of themselves as, um, here's what I want to say, like, I want them to reanimate this this function behind their art and that function is um like this shamanic function almost like that function of being able to like so the shaman would look at would look at a village and say i know where all the game went because i looked at the game board from up here from a you know higher perspective and i feel like artists the whole thing with artists is that there's something being downloaded from them into this reality from somewhere else so that whole process can be leveraged in a way like never before i feel like today because we have the technology that aside I think that's kind of a footnote in a, in a larger point that I'm trying to make is that artists have the power to uh, transform society in a way where if we stop thinking about my individual trajectory and start to think about more of... Just the role I play in the entire well, more scheme. Of, yeah, like, like more of creating, just that logic of creating, the logic behind creating a new world. Because I feel like now, if you're not creating your own world, you're going to be a part of somebody else's world. Wow. And if, and if that's the case, like you don't want to be a fixture in a Fortune 500 corporation's world like we live in a world today that's manufactured by fortune 500 corporations by multimedia conglomerates by um you know x y and z and as long as a lot of artists forget that the world is manufactured we think we born and born into this world and that's how it is like no the world it's constructed and as soon as artists can realize their role within the construction of the world then everything changes like there's so many artists that um you could write a book 
I mean, this is what I'm about to do. I have a, I'm writing a book right now that I'm trying to publish by November. Like, if you write a book, publish that, order, you know, 500 copies of it and just leave it around Seattle. Yeah, in see, cafes, mm, bathrooms, yeah, buses, yeah. gas it anywhere. Somebody's going to find that book and be like, yo, what is this? And that action in and of itself, that whole person's day was interrupted by them finding a book that you draw. It's like creating a whole, uh, like a trail for them to follow to a certain destination. That destination is realizing your power and transforming, like taking responsibility for your role in the construction of reality. Like so many people are passive about it. It's like, I don't get that. That's what I think the whole game is right now. Like even with a, like they're about to take likes off Instagram because they already did it in Australia, I think. Really? Yeah, and I feel like as soon as that becomes a, if it does become a, a worldwide thing, that's going to force artists to stop thinking in terms of my own individual thing, like those vanity metrics, those short-term metrics, the likes, the, the influence. Like it's going to start to transform people's approach to everything and how can I do something actually meaningful and what does that actually mean? Like what is, there's so many different layers to it. Like if you're trying to do something meaningful, then the best way to do that is redefine what meaning is through exercising that ability to, to take a part in the construction of reality. It has to do with context. It has to do with language. It has to do with creating context. It has to do with performance. It has to do with understanding how social roles work, understanding the performative aspect of social roles. Back to our clothing brand, the costuming of the social role, right. you know, the costuming of the revolution, of the renaissance, of you know, X, Y, and Z. It has to do with... Um, yeah, what does it look like? Like the senses of it. Like how does yeah. it look, feel, smell, you know, everything. Like understanding like you can break your script of the social role you were given. Like if I want to say I'm a, uh, I'm a black male, all of a sudden that's, that becomes a role that was given to me, then I'm now I'm ascribed to that role and I have to read that script, so to speak. So if I wanna really take control of my life, I'm gonna say I wanna improv. I'm a there's already examples since like look at gender like gender used to be this binary rigid thing and now those boundaries are being diluted because people are starting to say yo I'm gonna take control of my life and why would I live my life as a definition that I didn't create like, you ask somebody who they are and they just regurgitate this narrative that's not their narrative but the, the, yeah. the property of an institution that exists over them so it's like who are you before like who am I before I'm Ellis Wilson you know like and there's real that sounds trivial but it's like Peel away those layers. Who do you want to be? Because you can be anything. Right. Little kids know this. Yeah. But people forget it. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the whole that's the whole game of it. The logic behind that is kind of where I see transforming the art scene from. Because I know it's like a it sounded like a rant, but it's kind no, of no. It makes sense. So, do you guys have any final words or advice for Seattle culture and upcoming artists? Well, I mean, I'd say for upcoming artists, if you're an artist and you're trying, you're starting from zero. Don't underestimate the amount of things you're gonna have to sacrifice. Like, if you really want exactly. what you want. Day after day, you're going to have to say, if I work this part-time job or a full-time job, if I'm going to school at the same time or something, you got to really audit every single hour you have during the day. You could spend from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. working, right. you know, because if you're not doing that, there's somebody out there that is. And we and were doing gonna, that, and we do that. Like, that's what I'm saying. We have like, to. That's what I'm, yeah. Like, we're ready to go. Like, the reason we're ready to go when they call to open for Code of the Friend, like, two days in advance is because we're always ready because yeah. we're always working. I'm sure y'all are always working. Like, yesterday, like, y'all are, it's, mm -hmm. it's constant, even when you're not like at work I'm not, like even at work I, I'm, yeah you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> exactly. like all the time like I'm mean. thinking about what I you know yeah. it's just on rest mode and then I can now okay flip the switch back get back to it like right. yeah. always because a lot of people think they're kind of entitled to their dreams and it's like exactly oh yeah and it's like, it's like it's like when <laughs> it's just, we live in that culture of entitlement it's like you gotta I don't know Every everybody wants like a handout or they want yes. a cosign or yeah. they want to they think they deserve something it's like no if you want something you have to um, you have to be passionate and go get it. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. actions manifest reality. You yeah, gotta, exactly. you gotta get into the field and do put in overtime, <laughs> like, input output. Like, what are you actually putting into that to expect that mm -hmm. that uh, return? You know, and you gotta not be afraid. I think of being alone because I think that's a big part of it. Like people, 
if you really want to do your own thing, you got to have tunnel vision with that. And in doing that, you're going to fall out of your social context. You're going to become alienated from the dominant culture. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's part of it because you're not going to know who you are or what you're doing unless you spend a tremendous amount of time in isolation and not in that, like take away all the negative aspects of that. But I mean, isolation as far as being at a point, like if you're in the wilderness, you're thinking for yourself because you're the only one there. So yeah. it's like one of those things. I like get you have that. to, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of people, they're, they're within a social context, so all their art is bound within that context. And they don't know that as soon as I step out of that context, it's not going to translate the same. Mm-hmm. Like there's rappers right now and artists getting gassed up by their social context. Yeah. And it's like, yo. Then you pluck one individual out of there that may be getting that gas in that circle and drop them in Portland, drop them in, yeah, you just, know, the Bay or anywhere else that's not where, you know, around their, their people. And nobody's heard of them and they're going to feel kind of way about that. Like, why am I not receiving what I usually receive? Yeah. Well, it's because, like... That's the thing. As soon as well, you're out of context... You think that you would. That's the thing. If you make your art from out of social context, the only way you're going to get traction is your art has to be universally appealing. Like, it has to be... Um, You know how if you hear a song, like, the simpler the lyrics are, kind of, like, the more universal it's going to be? Like, that, that. there's, like, a metric there, I yeah. think. And I feel like as long as you're making something from within an idiosyncratic little context, your music's only going to speak to a small audience because you're not making it for everyone. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... I think that's just an important but thing. But that can get misconstrued as, as like, selling out or trying to appeal to the masses. But it's not really. It's just you're you're hitting the, that human part mm-hmm. of the of the re, the yeah. receiving end. Like, like somebody's, oh, somebody is actually listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to look at the intent behind those actions that they're, they're giving out on the table. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For real. And that's what Tyler, the creator, is doing right now. People, like, he just dropped his new album. And everyone, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, Tyler, that's some weak stuff right there. And then they're like, no. It really isn't because it's a just it's a little different. It's its own beautiful little piece, mm-hmm. and you got to learn to understand it instead of just look at it and judge it for what it is. First bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's timeless. Exactly. You know, like there, there's there's hits, sure, and those are cool in the moment, but to make something where it, it's actually gonna it, yeah. yeah, and it's gonna they're gonna hold on to it for years afterwards. Right. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for coming down here. Yeah, we, we appreciate we, the opportunity. We, we know we had a rough time finding the place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This this area is big, you know. This, yeah. uh, the yeah. hey, shout out to those two ladies who gave us the, the <laughs> walk yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> Got us through the little turnstiles. This is a dangerous group. Is it groups that we're dealing with? DJ. Bl-